Hello, Hal and Philly here, and you're listening to me and my podcast. Tales of the Road Warriors! So I've been reflecting on last week's episode, the live show from The Tattooed Mom with Dan May, Roseanne Knott, and Sierra Grace. Well, a friend of mine used to say, you're only as good as your last performance. And you know... I thought I could have done a lot better, but you see, it was my first time doing a live panel discussion, and I probably could have been a lot more prepared. But you know what? My guests still brought it, so it turned out all right. The one thing that really stood out to me was the fact that Dan and Lizanne, both, to my complete surprise, told me that they don't change their own guitar strings. Now, I just assumed that all guitar players change their own strings, so... What does Dan do if he's home practicing and he breaks a string? He picks up another guitar and has an assistant change it for him at the next gig. But it got me to thinking, there's probably a lot of people who don't change their own guitar strings. In fact, I didn't learn the, con- the, the correct way to change strings myself until I was in my 30s. I had to take my guitar in for repairs one day in, I guess, the, like maybe around 1990. It was in the early 1990s. And... Uh, the guy who fixed it was an 80-year-old luthier named Branco, B-R-A-N-K-O. And by the way, a luthier is someone who builds guitars from scratch. It's a very special skill, and finding a good luthier is rare. So if you ever buy a new guitar, especially if it's an expensive one, find yourself a good luthier right away and have them set it up for you and walk you through some of the basics of guitar maintenance including how to change your strings. Anyway, Bronco noticed I put the strings on all wrong, so he introduced me to this thing called a string winder, and he showed me how to use it. Not only did I learn how to do it right, it also took shaved about 20 minutes off the time it usually took me to change my strings. It usually took me about an hour. Now I I was able to change my guitar strings in like 15, 20 minutes. I took that misstep during the podcast as an opportunity to post a video on the show notes page below the show notes for the benefit of anyone who wants to know how to use a string winder or change their own guitar strings. I've also included some links to Amazon in case you want to grab a string winder or a musician survival kit for yourself or perhaps for a musically inclined family member. You know, Christmas is coming. It's already uh, October, so makes a nice gift. Just saying. Okay, so today is the first day of the rest of this podcast. Recently, I made a few changes that I thought you might find very helpful. You may have noticed that I no longer use my full name, which is Hal Aaron Cohen. Why? It recently dawned on me that my username in a lot of online forums and discussion groups has been Hal in Philly for years. H-A-L-I-N-P-H-I-L-L-Y. My email address is halinphilly at gmail.com and also has been for years. So now, I own the domain name. From now on, instead of trying to remember talesoftheroadwarriors.com, and man, that's a, light, that's a lot to type, isn't it? Now, you can get there by typing halinphilly.com. All one word. All you have to remember is Hal. That's me. And I'm in Philly. Halinphilly.com. And if you want to send me a message, just email me at halinphilly at gmail.com. By the way, I'd like to encourage you to send me your thoughts on the show. 
who should I talk to? What should I ask them? Uh, you know, if you have an idea for a guest, hit me up. What do you want to know? Should I have a co-host? Do you want to be a co-host? There's also a comment section at the bottom of every page and a Tales of the Road Warriors Facebook group where you can add your own stories. So please get interactive, get on the email list. I send out maybe one newsletter a month, if that, so you don't have to worry about me blowing up your inbox, okay? Now, here is where, if I had a sponsor, I'd be telling you about them. Great guitar accessories, a great pizza place, the best best place to go for live music in Philly or L.A. Jump in early and grow with me. If you want to sponsor the show, howinphilly at gmail.com. Call me, 818-730-3600. See that? I'm not afraid to give you out, give out my phone number because nobody's going to call it anyway, right? Except if you're smart and want to be a sponsor of this show. If you'd like to directly support the podcast and help defray some of the costs, just use the good old tip jar. Anything you'd like to contribute would be most helpful and appreciated. And all you have to do is go to howlandphilly.com slash tip jar. Now, here's one of my own tales of the Road Warriors, a Don Rickles encounter. I often talk about how musicians invented the gig economy. The word gig used to apply pretty much to musicians and comics or others in the entertainment biz. But the word gig is used for Uber drivers, pet sitting, food delivery. Nowadays, even some professional contractors refer to a job as a gig. As a musician, I've worked quite a variety of gigs. I was working an interesting side hustle when I had one of my many celebrity encounters. An old friend of mine is a party planner. He used to send me out on a gig every once in a while, years back, when I lived in L.A. One day, he called to ask me to help him out for a children's birthday party. It seems his client hired his company to provide entertainment for the kids in the form of Robbie the Robot, a full-size robot with a hidden, built-in two-way radio and receiver. My job was to sit close enough to the robot so I could hear what the kids were saying to it and respond into a wrist radio. No, really, like the kind Dick Tracy wore in the comics. Anything I said would come out of a speaker in Robbie's head, and the voice would come out digitized to sound like, well, robotic. Now, this was years ago. This was in the 90s. This was long before there were, like, the Apple Watch, so this was not a common thing. Anyway, the birthday girl was turning five, so most of her friends were in that age group, still easily convinced that robots were real and said funny things when you asked them a question. You know, these are little four, five, and six-year-olds. So I pull up to the house in a very affluent part of L.A. It might have been Brentwood. I think it was Brentwood. And uh, I went to the door to let the mom know I had arrived and asked her to show me where to set up the robot. I had to sneak into the backyard before the kids arrived because it was supposed to be a surprise. As I approached the door... A very short elderly couple got to the walkway ahead of me, so I was waiting behind them as they knocked on the door. When the mom opened the door and greeted them, it took me all of a split second to realize I know this voice. And I caught a glimpse of his profile, and I hear him saying, How are you, darling? And I'd been standing behind Mr. and Mrs. Don Rickles. So my little gig 
suddenly made me a lot more nervous. After Mr. and Mrs. Rickles headed off into the living room, I introduced myself to the hostess, who turned out to be Don's daughter. The birthday girl was his granddaughter. Mom showed me where to set up the robot, and I went back to where I had parked, wrestled Robbie out of the back of my car as quickly as I could. I maneuvered Robbie, the big plastic bastard, out to the patio where the kids were going to be arriving. I plugged him in, planted myself inconspicuously to the side, and spoke into my wrist radio softly to test it out. My voice came out of the robot sounding like a space invader. So all systems go, and with no time to spare. The kids all spotted the robot right away, came running over to take turns talking to me, it. And Grandpa and Grandma Rickles sat right next to it on the opposite side from me. My first thought was, oh my God, Don Rickles, how in hell am I supposed to compete with a talent like that? I just knew he would be critical of my banter with the kids. I don't think I've ever been more self-conscious. Well, after the party, I thought he had done okay. A little while later, after I had been successfully entertaining his granddaughter and her friends, I got to talk to Don and the missus for a little bit. He told me I did a nice job. And uh, as I was showing him how the voice was transmitted through the Dick Tracy-style walkie-talkie watch, he turned to his wife, points over his shoulder at the robot, and with a chuckle (laughs) declares, I can't believe this. Forty years in the business, and I have to compete with this. I thought to myself, man, I feel you. Well, rest in peace, Don Rickles. I'm glad I got to share the patio with you. Well, I hope you enjoyed my little story about Mr. Warmth. That was the nickname given to him by his peers because he was the most scathing insult comic that ever lived. Um, As a matter of fact, I got to thinking earlier today, you know, would Don Rickles be able to get by in today's world? Because some of the things he said were so unpolitically correct, it's not even funny. Just food for thought. What do you think? Leave me a comment. And please go to talesoftheroadwarriors.com. Get on the mailing list so I can keep you updated on future episodes. All kinds of good things coming up. Maybe I'll do a contest. Who knows what I'll do? I know what I'll do. I'm going for a drive. (laughs) 